the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Got questions concerning elder or state law? Attorney Mike Connors has the answer. He was recognized in 2012 as one of New York's top lawyers by New York Magazine and brings over 30 years' experience to the table. His office number is 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Here's Mike Connors. We are gathered here on hallowed ground. Horses raised, heads bowed down. We're gathered here on hallowed ground to sing this song away. Welcome to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors, tonight, accompanied by my wife, Beth. Hello, everybody. Okay, and later on, we're going to have two members of our staff on the show, Adriana and Bridget. Those of you who don't know about the show, the show is divided in two parts. In the first part, we talk about estate planning and elder law. And the idea behind estate planning is to pass assets from one generation to the next, paying the least amount of taxes we need to pay legally, avoiding going through court, avoiding probate, and as far as elder law is concerned, trying to save assets from nursing home bills. The second part of the show, we interview celebrities. We we talk about politics, history, religion, entertainment, nostalgia. Tonight or today, we're going to be talking to one of our old friends, John Alexander from the Brooklyn Eagle. Brooklyn Eagle, and he has a book out about Johnny Cash. Beth, one thing I was surprised when I was talking to uh, John about his book about Johnny Cash is that when he wrote the book out, the editor's publishers wanted him to remove the chapter about Johnny Cash's faith, and he was upset about that because he thought that was one of the main tenets of of Johnny Cash's faith. I'm not surprised at all because there was a a very good biopic um, movie a few years back um, about Johnny Cash, and there was nothing that referenced his faith in that. And anybody that knows Cash's music, um, you can tell his spiritual life journey through his music, where he started as it, as it goes along, and by the time by the time he's an old man, every single song he sings is about Jesus about his faith, about God. And he and his wife, I mean, everyone says the way he, you know, he he was an addict, and the way he got off of everything was with his faith. It was not something that just, it wasn't because he fell in love with June Carter. It's because she brought into their relationship a deep, deep, faith in God, faith in Jesus, and um, to remove that is to remove Johnny Cash from the story entirely. Um, So absolutely, it was removed from the motion picture. I don't know if the screenwriters ever put it in, so maybe I shouldn't say it was removed, but his faith journey was absolutely not 
in that motion picture. Now, later on after that, we're going to have Senator Scott from South Carolina on. Of course, a couple of weeks ago, we had uh, Representative Trey Gowdy, and we learned in between that Father Paul went to speak to Trey Gowdy about some of the events that were happening in Syria over the last few weeks. Yeah, um, they were, yeah, as you know, Father Paul is over there. It's not, you know, his, his, his reports are eyewitness. And as a physician, if someone gets in, if, you know, if they're using um, tom, uh, the, the toxic gases, of, I don't know what they're, what they're, I'm not sure what they're using and people I don't think really know. But if it's, if it's a nerve gas or whatever it is, if they come in, Father Paul is actually seeing these people. Or he knows people that that are in the arena, and um, one of the reasons that he was there to testify was to say, yes, they've been. He's been gassing his people. His father gassed people that they didn't like. Mike, didn't he say an entire Christian town was destroyed? Yeah, twelve thousand people. Yeah. So. It's not it's not there I know there's some people that are saying, Oh, but do we know that it was the Assad regime that did it? His father was doing it. This you know, it's nothing new, so we sh- I think Father Paul was there to say, Don't listen to, you know, any any conspiracy conspiracy people out there. No. Gas is being used on the people, they're being killed, and it is Assad that's using it. Yeah, and Father Paul previously has stated that he's interviewed some of the victims, and, you know, he gets descriptions. Where did the gas come from? It's government helicopters that rebels wouldn't have, things like that. So he's convinced, and, and of course he's a lot closer to the situation than anybody here, he's convinced the Assad regime is behind it. And years ago he was really not that opposed to Assad because he thought Assad, though a bad guy, was still more protective of Christians than a lot of people in the Middle East. It's a, it's a very difficult very difficult situation there, and Christians are, I think they're just caught no matter what these days. Okay, well, getting back to estate planning and elder law, I think most of you know each week on the Kevin McCullough Show at the Thursday 5 o'clock hour, we have a question that's emailed to Kevin, and he asked me that question on air. So right now, we'll turn it over to Kevin McCullough. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Every week we tell you that uh, Mr. Mike Connors of Connors & Sullivan uh, Law Firm will answer your questions about estate care and elder law. And, uh, Mike, this week's question comes from an anonymous asker. It says, my father was married to his wife for 22 years. He died in March, and I found out he left a house in my name. My stepmother hasn't mentioned the house to me. I don't know if he has a will, and nor do I know how to go about finding out. He also has properties in his name only, although she has properties as well. I believe she has even stolen money owed to me. How can I go about fighting for my father's things? Do I have a fighting chance? I am his firstborn. Mike Connors, what do you say? Okay, well, being firstborn really doesn't mean that much. But, yes, first thing you should do is check on that deed that he says that his father left him and see how the deed reads. Um, if there are properties in his name alone, well, he has the right to go to court and demand to see if there's a copy of will from his wife. Or if not, he could apply to be the administrator of his father's estate. He has rights, but, you know, he can't sit around and do nothing. He has to get a lawyer and try to engage into the situation. But he certainly looks like he's going to get something because— if their deeds just in his father's name, he was married for 22 years, his father probably had a plan to leave him something. 
Well, and if they uh, have a question, of course, Connors and Sullivan would be a good place to uh, start that uh, conversation. Call Mike and his team today. The office number seven one eight two three eight sixty five hundred. If you've got something similar going on in your life, seven one eight two three eight sixty five hundred. That's seven one eight two three eight sixty five hundred. Inquire about their seminars uh, when you call there as well. And also make sure you listen to Ask the Lawyers uh, Saturday mornings at eight o'clock on AM five seventy The Mission. And Saturday evenings at 6 on AM 970, The Answer. Mike Connors, thanks so much. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you again, Kevin. Beth, you know, some of the people in the audience, they may listen to our show. They may not listen to Kevin McCullough's show. What can you tell our audience about Kevin McCullough? Well, first of all, they should listen to his show. Find out. It's on 970 and 570. So the both The Answer and The Mission run Kevin's shows. Um, I just think he's a powerhouse. He's a young fellow. Who, um, who studies current events and approaches it from a faith-based um, attitude. Um, he's on Fox News. He's very smart. He's well-informed, and um, he's a good person. When, when he's not on talking about current events, he's raising money for starving children. You know, uh, he's a good guy, good guy. So we, you, we need to support him. Listen to him. You know, I know he's on um, Facebook and all that stuff, too, so like him on those things. Like us, too. <laughs> okay, now, if you have any questions you want to email us, uh, where where do you email us? As always, email askmikeconnors at gmail.com. So email at gmail. Hey, that rhymes. Askmikeconnors at gmail.com. That works. And how do you like us on Facebook, and why would you want to like us on Facebook? You you want to like us on Facebook for a lot of reasons. First, just to like Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors, and just to like Mike. Not just be like Mike, but like Mike. So go on the webpage. Uh, go on Facebook. It's Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. There's a little thing that says a, a thumb up and a like. Click on it. And if it says already like, don't click on it because then you've already liked it. You can follow what's going on with the show. Find out what's going on that weekend, the next weekend. Find out where our podcasts are, and you can find those easily. easily at AskMikeTheLawyer.com. We also have slideshow videos on our YouTube channel. You can keep up with all those, too, and watch what Mike's doing around the town. All right, so, again, getting back to estate planning elder law, we have another email question. This email question is going to be read by Bridget Greco in our office. Bridget, what's, what's the question? I own a home that I want to get out of my name to protect against a nursing home if I need to go into one. Is it okay that I deeded the property to my son? Now he owns the property. However, he lives in Atlanta with his second wife. Is this a problem? Larry from Queens. Yeah, well, that that is a problem because, you know, obviously something could happen to your son and then his second wife in Atlanta may inherit this property. One thing you never do is deed a house straight out to your children without any strings attached. Too many bad things can happen. And we talk about this at the seminars, and we're going to have seminars at the end of May, and we'll go over the, the dates a little bit later. The, the announcer, you know, will go over the, the dates and times, and if you have any questions about our seminars, you can give us a call at 718-238-6500. You deed the house over to your son. He dies before you. His wife owns part of your house. That's not necessarily good. Number two, your son lives in Atlanta. Obviously, he doesn't live in the house. He's going to get killed with capital gains whenever he sells the house. Just for tax purposes, you don't put your son's name on the deed. If you have a senior citizen's exemption on the property, a star program, veteran's exemption on the property, you deed the house over to your son, you lose your senior citizen star program, veteran's exemption. If your son, if he gets sued or something like that, they could put a lien on your house. 
There are just too many reasons. Never, never just put the deed in your son or daughter's name. Now, could there be an exception? You have an unmarried daughter who lives in the house and we get another 250 out tax-free? Yes, but for the most part, do not deed the house with no strings attached to your son and daughter or really any other person. You have to be careful. you got to protect your house. Now, we need to take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes. You're listening to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. How can I protect my family if something happens to me? What if I need to go to a nursing home? What will happen to our savings, our home? What's the best way to give my home to my kids? Who will help us take care of Grandpa? These and many other questions can be answered with a phone call to Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, 718-238-6500. Mike Connors, one of New York Magazine's top lawyers, has over 30 years of estate planning and elder law experience. Mike and his team of professionals will help you protect your assets from probate, taxes, and nursing home costs so you can have peace of mind knowing you and your family will be taken care of and protected. I'm Mike Connors, founder of Connors & Sullivan. People don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. The time to plan is now. I'm Beth Connors. Call today for a free initial consultation with one of our experienced lawyers. Connors and Sullivan in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500 or connorsandsullivan.com. This is Father Frank Pavone of Priests for Life. Adult stem cell research is nothing new. It has been going on for decades and, in fact, has proven helpful in treating various diseases. In the process of this research, nobody has to be killed in order to obtain the stem cells. Embryonic stem cell research, on the other hand, only began in 1998 and does involve killing a new human life in order to obtain the cells. The number of diseases that have been successfully treated with embryonic stem cells is zero. They have shown no medical benefit. And even if they did, such activity is immoral. The end does not justify the means. Adult stem cells have treated various forms of leukemia, sickle cell disease, anemia, and carcinoma. Embryonic stem cells have succeeded in nothing. This is Father Frank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life. We all know someone who's been touched by cancer. It's the second leading cause of death. And it took the life of my father, John Wayne. But even in his final days, he was thinking about helping others and publicly campaigning to raise awareness about cancer. His courage and grit inspired our family to do everything we could to fight the big C, as my dad called it. So we did something about it and founded the John Wayne Cancer Institute 35 years ago to advance life-saving research. Our discoveries are fundamentally changing the way cancer is treated around the world. Cures are within our reach, but we can't do it alone. I'm Patrick Wayne, and I'd be honored if you joined us in the fight against cancer. You can make a lasting legacy by helping to eradicate this deadly disease. Together, we can save lives. To learn more, visit jwcigiving.org. That's jwcigiving.org. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. A lot of you know that I am president of the Civil War Roundtable of the City of New York. And on May 14th, we have a special meeting. It's called the Fletcher Pratt Award. The winner of this award for this year is Ron Chernow for his book on Grant. So if you want to attend this meeting, give us a call at 718-341-9811. So Ron Chernow is going to be there in person talking about his book, on Grant. Now, the Civil War Roundtable also has 
runs tours and things like that around the city of New York. And there's one tour that's open to the public May 19th. Adriana, what's that tour? Yes. So on Saturday, May 19th, the Civil War Roundtable of New York is going to have the historic trolley tour of Greenwood Cemetery. And again, that's on Saturday, May 19th. It's going to be on an old-fashioned trolley, and it's going to be making stops at the monuments of several Civil War generals and soldiers. Tickets are $35 per person. It includes a boxed lunch. The checks can be made to the Civil War Roundtable of New York. We will be meeting at the main gate on 25th Street and 5th Avenue in Brooklyn at 1 o'clock. And the tour should take off at 1.30 and last about two hours. Those of you coming in from other parts of the city, there's ample parking at Greenwood Cemetery. There's a lot of room for parking. And so, you know, just park your car in the area. You'll be able to see the trolley once you drive into the gate. And so hopefully we won't have any problems coordinating anything. But if you want to see the Civil War Roundtable's tour of Greenwood Cemetery, we're going to see General Slocum, General Marr, General Sleeney, General Halleck, among others. Give us a call at 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. Now, I don't want to put any pressure on you guys out there, but we need your reservations before May 11th close of business. So if you want to get on the tour, give us a call at 718-238-6500 on or before May 11th. Again, putting the Civil War Roundtable off to the side, let's get back to estate planning. Adriana, you have another question from the audience. I do. I want my estate to split evenly amongst my eight nieces and nephews. I trust that my oldest nephew can do this for me. Can I just name him as my death beneficiary, or is it better to put him on all my accounts as a joint owner? And from the Bronx. If you want it to be split in eight equal shares, again, and and I know this may sound redundant and repetitive, but I would set up a trust agreement so your nephew signs an agreement that he's going to, when he inherits, he's going to divide it in eight equal shares among all your nephews and nieces. It's clean tax-wise. If he inherits all the money and then he starts giving it away, does he have to file a gift tax return? Does he not? And then, of course, a couple of what-ifs. What if something happens to the other nephews and nieces? What if something happens to this nephew and niece? We want a plan in place so we have alternatives. And I'm sure you try trust your nephew, and he's not going to do anything wrong. But every once in a while, I've seen occasions where somebody lists a beneficiary, let's say one of the children, as beneficiary on all their accounts, as a death beneficiary, as a joint account holder, and then that person doesn't always share it with his brothers or sisters or his cousins or whomever, and it's better to have things in writing. You never know what's going to happen in this world. It's always better to have things in writing. And if you want to give us a call regarding estate planning and elder law to talk things things over, give us a call at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. We do not charge for the initial consultation. The initial consultation is free. Everything we do as far as estate planning and elder law on a flat fee basis. We don't charge by the hour. We charge by the job. So come in. We'll talk it over. We'll give you an estimate based on our experience and what it would cost you if you went ahead with the plan. So you really have nothing to lose You know, there's no one right answer for everybody. Obviously, some of you have children you can trust. Some of you don't have children. Some of you may have children who are disabled. So come in. We'll talk it over. We'll try to come up with the right plan for you and then go from there. And again, I've been doing this more than 30 years. So no matter what your family situation, what it's like, I've seen it before. Come in. We'll talk it over. And then we go from there. Again, 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. Okay, we're going to take a short break. Then we're going to be listening to John Alexander on his book on Johnny Cash. If you're a homeowner age 62 or older and are finding it hard to pay off debt, or how about enjoying your retirement years with less stress, a government-insured reverse mortgage may be the answer or might be the perfect solution for you and your family. 
Hi, this is Frank Melia, a certified mortgage planner. I've been a mortgage specialist for over 20 years, and I've helped countless homeowners all over the tri-state area tap into a little or a lot of their home equity so they can use it right now. This past October, the federal government made changes to the reverse mortgage loan program. Give me a call now so our office can show you how these changes affect how much money you receive and how the annual mortgage insurance costs have decreased. My job is to help you find the best solutions for your retirement goals. I do this by educating homeowners with straightforward information and answers. It's free to call and speak with me, Frank Melia, to determine if this FHA program might be able to help you and your loved ones now. Call and speak with me right now. I'll answer your questions and help you decide if a reverse mortgage is right for you and your family. Make the call now, 888-943-2646, or try me on the internet at www.quanticbank.com backslash fmelia. Once again, call 888-943-2646, and you could be on your way to a stress-free retirement. Frank Melia, NMLS number 62591. All loans provided by Quantic Bank, NMLS number 403503. I think I just found myself believing that I didn't need God. I just had everything under control, and church was actually a, a burden to me. I might have gone to church, you know, at Christmas time, gradually quit going. No, I didn't take my faith seriously, which, which probably means I, I never really got it to begin with. You can have a beautiful car, a big fancy home, but if you don't have Christ in your life, there's an emptiness that's there. We are enslaved to power or to greed or to wealth or to lust, especially as a man. But there's a true freedom to not be enslaved, but to attach ourselves to God and to be free. Thank God I'm home. Now that I'm back in the Catholic Church, I'm a new person. I love it. There's peace in our home that we didn't have before. You're coming home to a Catholic family where people today just embrace you. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. For our Ask the Lawyer friends and listeners, you can attend any of Connors & Sullivan's free seminars on elder law, Medicaid, wills, and estate planning, and more. Yes, it's all free and all close to you. So come to Connors & Sullivan's free seminars. On Tuesday, May 22nd at Connolly's Corner, 71-17 Grand Avenue in Masspeth, Queens at 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 7 p.m. at Lenny's Clam Bar, 161-03 Cross Bay Boulevard in Howard Beach, Queens on Thursday, May 24th at 11 a.m and 3 p.m. and on Friday, May 25th at the Adria, 221-17 Northern Boulevard in Bayside, Queens at 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. Can't go to any Connors & Sullivan's free seminars? Then call Connors & Sullivan at 718-238-6500 for your own free office appointment. Make an educated decision on your estate and family legal solutions today. Just call Connors & Sullivan at 718 238 6500. That's Connors and Sullivan, 718-238-6500 or go to connorsandsullivan.com. Find out what you're entitled to. Come to a Connors and Sullivan free seminar. For more information, call 718-238-6500 or go to connorsandsullivan.com. Connors and Sullivan. Plan now for later. I keep a close watch on this heart of mine I keep my eyes wide open all the time I keep the ends out for the tie that binds 
because you're mine, I walk the line. Welcome to the Connors Corner segment of Ask the Lawyer. Right now with me is John Alexander, and he has a book out about Johnny Cash. Yeah, that's Johnny Cash. John, how are you doing today? Good, Mike. Thank you for having me. Now, you grew up in Brooklyn, right? I did, my whole life. Okay, so how did you become a Johnny Cash fan? How did, why did you become interested in writing a book on Johnny Cash? He was my childhood hero, Mike. When I was a boy, I would listen to uh, Johnny Cash's songs, and they basically carried me away. You know, he sang about uh, all parts of the country, and I, went, I, traveled, I traveled the country with Johnny Cash, and that just, you know, I was in Brooklyn, and I was heading out west, and I was heading down south, and everywhere the songs would carry me, and I fell in love with writing as a result, and his songs meant so much, and that was what was the catalyst for this. Now, what years are you talking about when you fell in love with him? When I was a boy, I guess in, uh, out of... Uh, Certainly, grammar, uh, eighth grade, and maybe I think I, f- I first uh, found I heard San Quentin, and I s- then sort of backtracked and bought all the other albums that he had had out, and it just became something that uh, that really inspired me. And I and I've other country artists as well, Glenn Campbell. When I heard Galveston, I mean, there was a lot of good things there, and I just basically found it on my own because Brooklyn wasn't the place where you heard a lot of country music back then. No, we were talking earlier. The, the the country music station was WHN. WHN, yeah. Yeah, which I forget those call letters almost today. <laughs> yeah, Lee Arnold. He was, uh, I remember listening to Lee. I, get, I met him at, at, down the, through the years, and he just one of my uh, you know, radio heroes. He just was great, Lee Arnold. Johnny Cash sang a lot of songs about being in prison. He did, and he never was in prison, and I think that's one of the great ironies. Uh, he performed in prison. He had a lot of compassion for the prisoner. He also knew that a, a prison audience, he found out early, was a great audience because they were so happy to have somebody entertaining them. Um, but he, yeah, he never was in prison. He was in jail for, you know, minor, not minor, but sometimes for pills and or breaking a curfew and things like that. Um, but never in prison. So that that's, I think, a misconception a lot of people. Yeah, have. I think a lot of people thought that he had a criminal record and that no. he was in prison. You know, no. just Merle Haggard did, but he didn't. <laughs> Merle Haggard did, and Merle Haggard, uh, Johnny Cash really inspired him because he was sitting there one a New Year's show, I believe, in uh, San Quentin, and when Johnny Cash performed, and I think that's when he realized that that's something he could aspire to. He and they became friends, recorded together at some at intervals, and just Merle Haggard was you know, about as great a country artist as any. Getting back to to Johnny Cash, when did his career start professionally? Well, he started in nineteen fifty. Well, fifty six. He uh, he started playing music while he was in the service, and then he had a band. Uh, I believe they were called the Barbarians in in Germany. And he loved music. That was his escape. You know, he spent his childhood as a boy in Arkansas in the hot cotton fields picking cotton. It was a very difficult life doing that. And I think he saw music, so it was a God-given talent of his. His mother told him that he had a God-given talent. And uh, he was very close to his mother. And he pursued it. I mean, and when he got the opportunity, uh, he decided, you know, he could do that. And in Memphis, he was in Memphis, and he that's how he got to he put together the the Tennessee 2 uh and he went to Sun Records and Sam Phillips uh was uh, encouraging he liked what he heard and uh he got started at, with with an amazing group of people in at, at Sun Records uh Elvis Presley, Carl Perkins, Charlie Rich, Roy Orbison uh they all came out of there and 
that's what I began his career. What was his first big hit? His first big hit was I Walk the Line. The first song he recorded, he had out, was a song. Well, he recorded a song, wrote a song and recorded, and that's interesting, too, because he wrote a, a lot of the early songs, most of the early songs. Uh, he wrote a song called Hey Porter, and he took the song to Sam Phillips, and Sam Phillips liked it, but he, he wanted a flip side, so Johnny wrote Cry, Cry, Cry. And they flipped it, and that became a, a hit. And so Cry, Cry, Cry was uh, his first, but his first big hit was I Walk the Line. Yeah. Okay. And what year was that? F- 50, 56 was I Walk the Line, I believe. Yeah. Okay. But how, how long did Johnny Cash's career span? My gosh. Uh, you know, he had, a, a, he had some ups and downs, but the, his career spanned um, from 50, 56 to 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 his passing he was recording in 2003 right before he passed away he music kept him going after june died in may of 2003 he just kept recording he basically uh had stayed in the studio and wanted to get as much down as he could so it's a long long um long career long music career he had as far as you can tell in your research did he have any regrets about his career no, and that's the thing about Johnny Cash that I find most fascinating. He he doesn't he didn't regret. I think there are things he he wanted people to be aware that, you know, he had drugs problems with pills and whatnot and, and he made some mistakes, but he put them out there. He wasn't one to to say, Oh my gosh, uh, I regret you know, he it was a learning experience for Johnny and he and he wanted people to learn from his mistakes rather than, you know, sweep them under a carpet or something. So I don't think he had any regrets? I, I mean, he had difficult times. No, I, I don't. No regrets as such. How important was his faith to him? It was very important to him. You know, he left Sun Records because Columbia offered him the opportunity to record a gospel, an inspirational album, gospel album, and they 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 uh, followed through on that. Uh, Sam Phillips wasn't interested in that, so Johnny uh, moved over. And uh, the second album he recorded for for Columbia was called Hymns by Johnny Cash. And then he recorded um, uh, numerous other ones over the years. And that, that music meant the most to him, if, to, to what you said. that It meant the most to him. Do you talk anything about his acting career? Yeah, I mean, he did the, he did the movie A Gunfight with Kirk Douglas. He did TV movies, um, Thaddeus Rose and Eddie, The Baron, um, he he had a very um i guess he had, an, he had an interesting acting career i think he could have parlayed the movie with kirk douglas a gunfight which was a really interesting western he could have parlayed that into more films but he stuck with music he did do a movie he was very proud of called the gospel road uh it was about the life of jesus he went to to the holy land and he recorded he he got actors his wife played mary magdalene he played he the, he he narrated they had, got an actor to play uh jesus and he basically put this film together that really was a wonderful film uh really it reflected his 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 religious beliefs and billy graham by the way i think picked it up years later and uh uh became part of his um uh catalog and and he of course johnny per- performed on many of billy graham's crusades they were very close so the religion really factored into his career on so many levels 
All right, now, you, I guess you saw the film. Yeah. What would you think about it? You know, people ask me that, and I'll say it was 80% accurate. And, and really, by the stretch, by, by that, by standards, it's pretty good. I, I think if, you know, there, are, there was some little uh, idiosyncrasies in there, but, but overall, I think it was a very, very accurate film. And Joaquin Phoenix did a wonderful job, and Reese Witherspoon won an Academy Award, so everybody knows she did a great job as June Carter. Um, you know, the interesting thing I find in that is that the title – Walk the Line, you know, the song I Walk the Line was written not for June, and even though that's, uh, that movie and that's become sort of emblematic of their, of their love, their romance, it was written for his first wife, his, his childhood sweetheart, Vivian Liberto. That's who he wrote I Walk the Line for. So I, I always thought that's an interesting, um, that was an interesting little uh, side there, but um, I thought the movie was, was terrific. Obviously, we know the volume of his work is stupendous, but how many songs did he record? Any idea? Over thousands. I mean, uh, he really did write a lot. He recorded a lot. And that's really all. That was what he focused everything on. And to to say, you know, he didn't look for hits. He wanted hits, and hits helped keep him going. But... He never based that wasn't the criterion for what he would record. The songs had to mean something to him. Yeah, they had to make a difference, and that was the original title, working title of of the book. It was going to be called, I wanted to call it songs that make a difference because he had a song he recorded um, with the Highwaymen, with Willie Nelson, Chris Christopherson, um, and um, uh, Waylon Jennings, uh, called songs that make a difference, and. It, that's what he was all about. He would take chances on songs that really might not have been the most commercial by any standard, but they were songs that meant something to him. So he'd record them and put them out there. So, now, what's your favorite Johnny Care song? My gosh, that's hard. Um, I, I really love the song "I Still Miss Someone." It's a really very heartfelt ballad he wrote early on. Um, might have been about June. There's a. It's a, a song about somebody missing someone and being alone and uh, pining for them. And just it, it's a sh- short song, but in in a few few verses, he basically um, really inc- it just uh, you know captures the, the the entire feeling of, of, of having a broken heart and, and really yearning for someone. Now, do you feel Johnny Cash is relevant to today? Uh, very much so. I think, you know, he, I think he's more popular now than, than at many points in his life when, when, when he, his career was at a down, uh, had a downhill slide when his records weren't selling. I think people, um, after he passed away, he was almost... Uh, um, you know, reevaluated, and people then look back and realize the magnitude of everything that he he had done, all the great songs and and everything. And so, you know, in the American recordings that Rick Rubin did, certainly, uh, I think helped shine a new light on Johnny. And uh, um, I think his legacy is his songs, and they are very much in, it's very much intact. What was his favorite song? His favorite recording? That's a, you know. That's a great question, and he ha- he did say, "There's a song that Chris Christopherson wrote, and of course he discovered Christopherson to some extent and recorded a lot of his songs. He was a mentor to him, and you know Chris Larry Gatlin, who by the way wrote the foreword to the book and is one of my heroes. I've been friends with him a long time, and he's one of the you know most ins- uh, inspirational people in my life, and is great songwriter. He called Christopherson the Shakespeare of." of country music in a recent interview. And, you know, I think um, 
the song that, that Johnny, there was a song he wrote called Here Comes That Rainbow Again, and it basically was, and you'd appreciate this, Mike, it was a, he took a vignette out of the movie the, 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 the Grapes of Wrath by John Steinbeck, and he put it into, and made a song out of it, and that was his, fa- he said that's a, that was his favorite song, but, um, you know, over the years he's had found a lot of songs that were, were he'd call his favorites, but that one always resonated because it, it was just, it's a really really wonderful song that very not many people are familiar with. But you know, and he called, he named an album Rainbow after it. But um, but a great song. You know, when I was working at Reader's Digest, that's how I got to know him and to meet him. We I did a we were doing box I did a box set on him called Timeless Inspiration, which got, captured all of his uh, Christian recordings in in one box there. And and he was very happy with that. He sent me a letter and and. Um, and I, I was very thrilled with that, and it opened a dialogue. And then the next album, to, 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 just to what you were saying, uh, he asked, could he pick a CD of his favorite songs? And I said, of course. So we picked a C- he picked you know, a, a, an album of his favorite songs, and I said, we'll call it, we're going to call it Johnny Cash's Personal Favorites. And he said, no, you can't call it that, because that would hurt too many others too many songwriters feelings and i so we ended up calling it among johnny cash's personal favorites so one little one little twist of a word but um you know he had his favorites though he did have his favorite songs what kind of man what kind of person was johnny cash we all know the persona but what kind of man was he when i met him in in the 90s he was everything i ever imagined he would be you know years back and i've told the story years of um Years back, I had the opportunity to meet him. He and um, his daughter Roseanne. I had done an article for a magazine about her then husband Rodney Crowell, and and I and I was invited to a record release party in Nashville for the and I, I and he was supposed to be there. He never showed up. I remember being nervous and uh, scared because and and I didn't. He didn't show up, and I didn't meet him then. And from you know, I look back on it, and I'm thinking I met him at the right time because when I met him. He was one of the most engaging, uh, amazing individuals I, you know, you can ever want to meet and spend time with. I say in the book, the three milestones in my life are my marriage, the birth of my children, and spending time with Johnny Cash in no particular order. (laughs) (laughs) I hope your wife appreciates that. She's good. She's she she knows. (laughs) Okay. One last question about the book: What do you want the reader to take away? What do you want the reader to learn from this book? I want the reader to look at the songs. This this is a man whose songs defined everything about him. I want him. I want the reader to see that, you know, the the importance of these songs cannot be over overstated, and to maybe go back and listen to some of them, find them, re revisit them, whatnot, just so they realize that the songs are that important. And there have been other biographies written, and really great biographies, but. What I want, hope I captured was that the songs need to be need to be factored in as the fabric of everything that of his legacy. They are his legacy. So about Johnny Cash, the name of the book is "The Man in Song." The author, John M. Alexander. Thank you for being on Connor's Corner. 
Mike, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Whether you need help with drafting a will or trust, power of attorney, health care proxy, living will, or protecting your assets from nursing home costs, Connors & Sullivan's goal is always the protection of your rights and interests. The professionals at Connors & Sullivan have been helping people like you plan their estates and protect their families for over 30 years. I'm Mike Connors. Come to our office for a free initial consultation. Talk with me or one of our experienced attorneys to see how we can help you protect your family, your assets, and your legacy. There is no one strategy that fits everyone, but the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is no planning at all. Call Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law today to schedule a free initial consultation with an attorney at any of their convenient locations in Brooklyn, Midtown Manhattan, Queens, and Staten Island. 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Or visit their website, connorsandsullivan.com. The Guild for Exceptional Children, or GEC, has been providing excellent care to children and adults with developmental disabilities since 1958. It is our mission to help build better lives and brighter futures for the people in our care. We serve nearly 1,000 individuals each day and are proud that 90 cents of every dollar is used for actual services. Please visit www.gecblyn.org or call 718-833-6633 to learn more. Hi, this is John Potton of Catholic Charities, Brooklyn, Queens, and a former player of the New York Islanders. I'm proud of my years playing hockey with the Islanders during the Cup years, and I'm also very proud of the work carried out every day by Catholic Charities, who is always there for children and youth, adults and seniors, veterans, mentally ill and homeless, with 160 programs and over 3,700 units of affordable housing. For more information, visit ccbq.org. We are committed to changing lives and building communities. Hello, this is Father Frank Pavone of Priests for Life. Do you want to hear your parish priest talk more about abortion and the pro-life movement? The key mission of Priests for Life is to help priests do exactly that. The first place to start is to listen to your priest and learn how he thinks. What is he most interested in and passionate about? Then, when you find out, link that issue with the abortion issue. For example, a priest who told me that he did not preach much about abortion also told me he was interested in efforts to stop drug abuse. When I told him that those who have abortions are more likely to abuse drugs, it gave him a new motive to preach about abortion. Find out more about how you can help your priest at priestsforlife.org. This is Father Frank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life. Time now for Connor's Corner, where Mike takes a closer look at topics like history, politics, religion, and more. Here's Mike. Welcome to the Connor's Corner segment of Ask the Lawyer. Right now, we're very privileged to have Senator Tim Scott from South Carolina, and he's got a book out, Unified, that he co-authored with Congressman Trey Gowdy. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for having me on the show today. I'm sure you're disappointed, or maybe you're not, but... I've been very disappointed that that Trey Gowdy is not going to run for re-election because a lot of us, you know, even in New York here, a lot of us did like his comments and did like his questioning. You know, we're going to miss him. Well, listen, uh, there's no question that I am devastated by Trey's departure. He is a clear-thinking, concise prosecutor, and his cross-examinations are, frankly, nationally recognized as the best cross-examinations in all of Congress. 
He is a he's become a folk hero in just the last seven or eight years. It's amazing. We've got elections coming up this year, and of course, every seat in Congress is up for grabs, and a third of the Senate. Nobody has a crystal ball, but do you have any idea what is going to happen this election cycle? Well, Mike, I'll tell you, it's a, it's a tough road ahead right now for the House because of the number of retirees. I think we're now over 40 retirees in the House, and in the last few days, Paul Ryan's announcement has not been helpful in that direction. I certainly have a mad respect for Paul Ryan. He's done a great job as speaker. I wish he was sticking around, but it makes it more difficult uh, with the number of retirees, retirements that have been announced for us to to uh, be optimistic about the future. I am, by the way, very optimistic that we'll hold on to the House maybe by two or three seats. I wish we would have a larger margin at the end of the election in the Senate. We are in better shape. We have uh, We have the right map for this cycle the third most vulnerable senator up for re-election on my side of the aisle is Ted Cruz. And when Ted's number three, that is really good news because Ted Cruz will win will win Texas and uh, will be in pretty good shape. But we want to uh, do well in Arizona. We've got some really good candidates, and hopefully Dean Heller in Nevada will also be successful. And if we do that, I think we pick up one or two seats, maybe Missouri, maybe Indiana. We could get lucky in Michigan. We have some places around the map, North Dakota as well, where we could be quite successful. So I think we'll expand our margin in the Senate from 5149 to maybe 5347, 5248. And in the House, it's just going to be a hand-to-hand combat trying to hold on to the House. I think in the end that we'll do so, but I was hoping that we'd end up with a 10 or 12-seat majority in the House, and we may not get there. We'll see what happens. That's what we do every yes, year. Every other year, I should say. All right. Now, you got a book out, Unified, with your colleague from South Carolina, Trey Gowdy. What is the book about? Unified is about Trey and our friendship and, frankly, how unlikely it would have been when we were born uh, in the state of South Carolina to have been able to write this book together 50 years. It really is a story about how much has changed in this nation too often in the current environment that is polarizing and sometimes corrosive. We forget the progress that's been made in our great country. And frankly, Unified reflects back from the church shooting in South Carolina, the Mother Emanuel church shooting, when Dylan Roof walked in and tried to start a race war by killing nine African-American believers in church. And the response of that murder was, in fact, uh, to unite our state in a way that we hadn't seen before. And I am thankful that what we what we are now is better because of the atrocities that had occurred. And God knows we all wish we could have prevented that day, but the state's response to it just uh, reinforces the transformation of the American heart and that we've been heading in the right direction in many ways. Now, of course, we're on the radio, so I am going to tell the audience you are African-American. Yes, well, that's the that's We're on radio. That's component to the story. That's right. So with uh, Trey Gowdy being a white guy from the upper part, upper part of the state, me being a black guy in the lower part of the state, people say you're from the same state and the same party. What's so unlikely? The truth is, in South Carolina, when we were both born, our kids even, we would not have been able to go to the same schools, drink from the same fountains, eat at the same 
restaurants or sleep at the same hotels. But over the last several years, so much progress has been made in our state and around the nation that now our relationship seems unlikely from a racial perspective. But philosophically, he's more of a cynic. I'm more of an optimist. He certainly is a strong, clear thinker. Uh, I feel and then I think we have contrast on issues from education to criminal justice reform. But at the same time, we found that if we don't rush to conflict, but instead we figure out how to build rapport and credibility, it allows us to solve the problems of this nation and, frankly, within friendships first. How did you become involved in politics, and how did you get involved on the Republican side of the aisle? Because it is somewhat unusual for an African-American to be a Republican. It is. Sometimes I refer to myself as a unicorn because there's so few of us around the Senate or the House, i.e. me, on our side of the aisle. And thankfully, we have a couple of new additions in the House, which is great news from my perspective. But I was blessed to be raised by a single mother. Though we lived in poverty, she was always optimistic. She was the kind of person, still is, the kind of person that would work 16 hours a day to make sure that we stayed off welfare to make sure that I had an example of someone who went to work, earned a living, and came home and took care of, took care of their, her family. She was a, an amazing role model. And then I had the good fortune of meeting a Chick-fil-A operator. I'm not sure how many Chick-fil-A's there are in New York City. Not a lot. i got to tell you, not a lot. You need more. That's we do, fun. yes. And in the South, we have tons of them. And one of the Chick-fil-A operators became my mentor, and he taught me the value of entrepreneurship, he taught me conservative values and principles, and we never really spoke about politics. And so what happened for me was my mentor taught me the essence of achieving the American dream and free markets and capitalism, individual responsibility, all were core components of the message of hope and opportunity that he breathed into my life at the right time. Congressman Gowdy said, hopefully someday you will run for president of the United States. And I'll tell you, a lot of people up here in New York would love to see you make that make that run. Well, I, I'm thankful that we'll have eight years of President Trump. And who knows what happens after that? I have no plans to even run for the presidency of my homeowners association <laughs> at this point. So we'll uh, leave that kind of prognostication to the good Lord and uh, just continue to serve the nation as we can as a United States Senator. Senator Scott, God bless you for what you've done and what you will be doing. Thank you, Mike. Enjoyed being on your show. Please have me back. You got it. Thank you for Senator Scott for being on our show. As most of you know, again, this part of the show centers upon estate planning and elder law. We're spending so many so much time on interviews right now, some people don't really know that I'm an attorney with Connors and Sullivan, and we do seminars about estate planning and elder law, and we're going to be some, doing some seminars in Queens the middle end of May. On Tuesday, May 22nd, we're going to be in Maspeth at Connolly's Corner, 11 o'clock, 3 p.m., 7 p.m. On Thursday, May 24th, we're going to be at Howard Beach at Lenny's Clam Bar, 11 o'clock, 3 p.m., 11 a.m., 3 p.m. Lenny's Clam Bar, Cross Bay Boulevard in Howard Beach. On Friday, May 25th, we're going to be in Bayside at the Adria Hotel at 11 o'clock and 3 p.m. Now, what do we talk about the seminars? A lot of times what we spend talking about the seminars is how to protect your house from nursing home bills. A lot of you out there, if you own your own house, you work very hard to pay the mortgage off on that house. We don't want to let that house go for either taxes, medical bills, nursing home bills. We want to save that house for your kids. So the idea 
behind a trust agreement, which we talk extensively about at the seminars. We put the house in the trust. We get the house out tax-free to your kids. And by tax-free, right now in New York State, there's no death tax under $5 million. Capital gains taxes are wiped out on assets put into a trust upon your passing. And as far as nursing home bills, medical bills, we can save that house from nursing home bills and medical bills by putting that house in a trust. So if you want to do some estate planning, you want, you're not sure exactly what to do, you don't know what fits your situation, I encourage you, come to one of our seminars. We can talk it over. Now, we take questions and answers from the floor when we're finished. If you have a question that you want to ask in semi-private, we can break off there and we can talk about the issue in semi-private. Again, we're in a restaurant or whatever, so it's not going to be a private consultation that we would have in the office. But we can go over a few things, and I can give you general pointers. But again, if you want to schedule an appointment either for the seminars or you just want to come in and talk to me about your estate planning issues, give us a call at 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. Next week, we're going to be back here hopefully the same place and time, and we're going to be talking to Franklin Graham. And Franklin Graham has a, a book out on his father, Billy Graham. And, of course, Billy Graham, it's been a mis- misused phrase, but he literally was a legend in his own time. So he's going to be talking about his father's faith, why he wrote the book. So you don't want to miss that next week on Connor's Corner, part of the Ask the Lawyer program. So I guess right now we're hearing uh, David Kincaid saying goodbye to us on the show. We are gathered here on hallowed ground. Voices raised, heads bowed down. We're gathered here on hallowed ground to sing this soul away. We are gathered here on hallowed ground. Voices raised, heads bowed down. We're gathered here on hallowed ground to sing this soul away. the lawyer friends and listeners you can attend any of connor's and sullivan's free seminars on elder law medicaid wills and estate planning and more yes it's all free and all close to you so come to connor's and sullivan's free seminars on tuesday may 22nd at Connolly's corner 71-17 grand avenue in maspeth queens at 11 a.m 3 p.m and 7 p.m at lenny's clam bar 161-03 cross bay boulevard in howard beach queens on thursday may 24th at 11 a.m and 3 p.m and on friday may 25th at the Adria, 221-17 Northern Boulevard in Bayside, Queens at 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. Can't go to any Connors & Sullivan's free seminars? Then call Connors & Sullivan at 718-238-6500 for your own free office appointment. Make an educated decision on your estate and family legal solutions today. Call Connors & Sullivan at 718-238-6500 or go to connorsandsullivan.com. Connors & Sullivan, plan now for later. The preceding pre-recorded program paid for by Connors and Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.